He turns everything upside down. He does. If we'll let him, God will take our lives and do what we can never do in our own. And we're going to talk about that today as we continue in, in what it is that God is speaking to us. I pray that he's speaking to you through the scriptures in Luke chapter 5. You can, if you've got your Bible, you can turn there. If you don't have your Bible, you can open up your phone to Luke chapter 5, find the Bible app, or go to the church's app. On the church's app, there is a place in there where you can go to um, the sermon notes, it's in there somewhere. I think it's in the Connect and then Sermon Notes. And in there, you'll find all the scriptures and you'll find a place to follow along, a place you can fill in some blanks and uh, keep yourself involved in what's going on. And then you would be ready and prepared for all that God has to say through the life groups. So uh, the app will really help you with some of those things to read along and to be a part of that. Let me also encourage you as, as a church to get involved in, in the Daily Dig. The Daily Dig is, uh, it's, again, it's in there as well. It's a daily Bible reading that as a church we go through. We begin today as the first, so we are beginning through Proverbs, and we will do the proverb of the day on top of what else you, you decide to pour into yourself or let pour, be poured into you. Read that proverb. Go through that. You know, Mike talked about that. Um, you know, w wisdom is hearing from wisdom and applying it to our lives. I mean, Solomon, it was as simple as that, even in today's reading, that uh, he wants us to understand the wisdom of God and to receive the wisdom of God and to then apply that to our lives because it's not wisdom to receive that and not apply that. Amen? So uh, we are, uh, we're going to continue in Luke chapter 5, going through and completing. Our, we're not going to complete the whole thing. There's something that I want to share in the coming weeks about some of these other things that are uh, spoken to in here. I find it absolutely amazing that God can take a story such as this. I don't know how it was set up. I don't know how he did it. I don't know if this whole story was at God's perfect will where God ordained for this leper to go where this leper went. I don't know if it was just the you know, circumstances that happened. I, I don't know. I have my thoughts on that. You know, I think all things happen for a purpose, but inside of our free will, we certainly have choices as to where we go and where we don't go. And this leper shows up, and I find this is the amazing part of God. And whether it was something that was the leper's choice just to do what he did, or whether it was God that was leading and ordaining this whole thing, God used it to share with us something that is vital to our spiritual lives. This is a story that is not just a random story. This is something that you and I, God, have been, has given to us so that we could receive what it is. It's not, it, listen, I don't know how the circumstances came about, but it's not happenstance that this is the first thing that he did in this miraculous ministry that he's beginning right here. This, this, and then you'll find too with the paralytic on the mat, that this is stuff that happened in sequence and God is using it in sequence and how he does all that. I can't wait one day because right now I only see in part, but one day I'll see clearly. And I, I can't wait to ask some of these questions or have these things revealed. Honestly, I don't know that I'll be asking questions. I think he'll be revealing them as my face are on the, on the floor of heaven in front of the throne of the Bama seat. 
But I, I want to share this scripture. We'll go through some of these things and some of the things that we talked about last week. Uh, we'll brief over, but I'm not going to go deep into that because I want to share something really powerful with you, something that God brought to, to me as revelation, and I pray that it becomes revelation to you. I, I've been excited about sharing this with you. This and the next message after Brother George, um, there's some things in that that I, I totally, I, I really do believe is going to bless the church Amen. because it's Jesus. Amen? Amen? So let's start here in verse 12. Luke chapter 5, verse 12. While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Uh, that's, that's, we, we walk through those scriptures in pretty good depth. Let me also say that I, I have said, told you before, and I'll tell you again, this is not an exhaustive study. Even though we are two years into the Gospel of Luke and we're in chapter 5, this is nowhere near an exhaustive study. There is so much more depth and so much more that God has for us and what he wants to speak to us than even what we're going to go through. And you, church, need to be digging in and finding out what's in those depths. Stop being superficial. Start being a student. Start being somebody who will dig into the depth of the well of God's word and getting into this. There's a couple things today that, you know what, I, there's, there are interesting points, but I'm not going to give you the answer. I'm going to tell you to go home, and if you're really interested, you go find out why. You go find the answer. You've got to stop depending on me to give you everything you need spiritually. Yeah. I am not, listen, and I, I, I full well know this. I am not that good a cook. And if, and if you're depending on spiritually living off the spiritual meals that I feed you on Sunday you are going to be hurting desperately. Because even if I could cook up the very best meal that you've ever had every week, which again, how many of you have ever cooked the best meal you've ever had every time you cooked? Well, don't expect that from me every weekend. God wants you, and it doesn't matter how good a meal I serve you, I can't nourish you for the whole week. You need to be doing that yourself. You need to be getting into Bible study. You need to be digging in daily. You need to be getting into the Word of God. You need to be finding out what's at the depth of His Word. You need to be adding to the revelation that I share with you. You need to be doing those things yourself. And if you're not, then you are an anemic Christian. Okay, you may be saved, but you're just walking around defeated totally and completely being just sideswiped and I mean you you're not taking up any of the weapons of warfare you're not doing any battle you just most of the time you're probably huddled in a spiritual corner hiding and hoping the devil doesn't come around again because last time you took a serious beating and God wants you to start taking the offensive realize this God didn't give you any armor for your rear end Start standing up and using the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, 
taking upon yourself the shield. Start being an offensive weapon in the hand of God because that's what he's given you. You know what? If you quit backing, if you quit running from the devil, you don't need any rear armor. Anyway, that was all free. That was not part of the sermon, so you can take that off my time. Let's look at what we want to look at today. Verse 14. And he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priests and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them. Verse 15. But now even more, the report about him went abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. So last week, I talked, I went in depth about the physical and the emotional pain of leprosy. Leprosy was physically a horribly painful disease that wasn't just on the surface. It was something that went down to the very core of a person and ate them oftentimes from the inside out and from the outside in. It was a horrible, horrible, painful disease. But even worse was the emotional part of being cast out of the city, of being untouchable, of being what, what, what the religious people called unclean, even in the Word of God. We read that last week. God called it. Hey, you need to walk around saying unclean, unclean. So it was physically painful, but I think it was even more emotionally painful to be a leper. And then Jesus, in, in this word here, Luke, Dr. Luke, describes this man that comes to Jesus as a man full of leprosy, meaning that he was in a full-blown case of leprosy. He was, he was obviously and evidently a leper. He probably had all sorts of oozing sores and wounds and, and, and things on his face and arms and all over him that were um, disgusting. Probably some body parts that were missing. He was a man, as Luke, the doctor, described. This guy didn't just have a case. He was full of leprosy. And Jesus, Jesus, God in the flesh, comes into this world. And this man was ceremonially, he, he was ritually, he was religiously, he was unclean. And Jesus, God himself, came into this world and he didn't just speak to the leper he reached out and did what no man was supposed to do he touched him Jesus touched the leper because Jesus knew that more than a word he needed a touch Thank you, Lord. and that's what Jesus provided and then after all of that we'll move into this part here where Jesus says I will be clean and the Bible says that at that moment, he was immediately cleansed. He was immediately healed. The leprosy, it says, left him. What an amazing moment. I mean, just imagine this man. The leprosy left him. His skin was immediately healed. He was healed. He was changed. He was transformed. But we're going to get into this and find out that that's, that's just the beginning of what God did. He, even in this right here, what I just said, that's not even the good stuff. And I want to dive into this because here Jesus says this in verse 14. We'll, see, we'll get into this. He says, and he charged him to tell no one. Isn't that amazing? This man is healed of leprosy. And Jesus says, don't tell anyone. 
And he goes and tells everyone. <laughs> Jesus rises from the dead and comes back to this earth and says, go tell everyone. And we won't tell anyone. How upside down is that? And, he, and Jesus, he charged him. Jesus said, don't tell anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest. Why did he tell him, don't tell anyone? And this is an important part of this whole thing. Why did he say, don't tell anyone? Was he embarrassed? I mean, part of it could be that at this point, Jesus knew that the ministry wasn't ready. He didn't have the leaders trained up. The ministry wasn't ready for the onslaught of people that were gonna need healing, that were gonna need a touch, that the, the people that would come to him because of what had happened to this leper. That's a possibility. I don't think that's the, the answer. I think he said, don't go tell anybody, but go show yourself to the priests because Jesus was saying the most important thing here I want you to go do what the word of God tells you to do. Oh, I healed you, but listen, first things first. First thing you need to do, obey God's word. Because listen, what he tells him, he says, go show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them. So what he's referring here, when he's talking about it, he mentions Moses, he's talking about the Old Testament. He's talking about the Torah, the first five books of the Bible written by Moses, and he's specifically going back to Leviticus. And he's talking about, again, Leviticus 13 and 14, you can read through those and study them, but specifically he's talking about Leviticus chapter 14. And I love this part of all of this. Jesus, he reached out and touched this man. Jesus ignored all the goofy, silly, religious rules that men had put in place because the Bible doesn't tell you don't touch the leper. That was a religious rule. And Jesus ignores all the religious rules that were made by men. Yet church, he obeyed every word that was written in scripture. Everything. And what he says to this man, he says, I know you've been healed. Now you need to obey the Bible and you need to go show yourself to the priest. And I want to talk about this. You can study it more in depth. Again, I'm only going to scratch the surface of what's going on in this whole thing. But in Leviticus chapter 14, we are given detailed instructions for somebody that has had an alleged healing from leprosy. So if somebody thought they were healed by, from leprosy, there was a responsibility to fulfill what the Bible says to do. And that's what Jesus is telling him to do. He wants you to fulfill what was written in, in, in Leviticus chapter 14. And here's how it goes. I'm going to summarize this. But what the leper would do is the leper would, would somehow, some way, he would send for the priest to make an appointment with the priest. And he would call for the priest to come. And what would happen is they would arrange a third place. But, the, but I want you to see this again because this is important. The priest would leave the city and go outside of the camp. He would go to where the leper was. And then they would come together. The priest was the spiritual intercessor. He was the mediator. He was the one that would stand between God and the people. That was his responsibility. And they would meet outside the camp in this, this location that they would confirm. And they would come there. And the priest would come to the leper. Now, you're going to find that is amazing good news right there. What God was doing in all of that. And he would come to confirm the healing of this leper. 
And if the leper, according to the word of God in Leviticus, had been healed, and, and, and again, all of the conditions were right according to the word of God, the priest would function in this place almost like the doctor, and the priest is the one who would see these conditions according to the word and declare, yes, this man truly has been healed. And that's what they would do. And then what would happen if somebody actually had, wow, he really has, according to the word of God, he has been healed, his skin has been healed, this leper has been healed. What would happen is that they would take two birds. And two birds would be then sacrificed. One would be sacrificed and killed. The other would be set free. And all of this would happen over a bowl of pure, clean water. And what that was doing was signifying, showing that it is God, by his grace, that cleanses. And again, this all kind of walks in line with what's called Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur was the Day of Atonement. I'm sure you've heard of that. It was a high holy day in the nation of Israel. And at that point, what would happen on Yom Kippur is that you would take, that what would happen is two goats would be brought into the temple. And again, before the priest, who was the intercessor, the mediator between God and man, he was the man that was the advocate, he, that representative. And the priest would take this goat and he would take one of them and he'd take hold of the goat and he would begin to declare all the sins of the people over that goat. And that goat, he would literally be pouring the sin of the people onto that goat. And then what he would do is take a knife and he would slit that goat's throat and kill that goat and shed the innocent blood of that goat for the sins of men. And then what he would do is take the other goat and in the same way, he would declare all the sins that he had declared over this goat, he would declare over this goat and he would lay all those sins on that goat and then what he'd do with that goat is he would set that goat free. That goat was called the scapegoat. That's where we get that name right there. So again, I want you to see this. One goat was the sacrificial goat. The other goat was the scapegoat. One goat was for the forgiveness of sin. The other was for the absolute removal and freedom from sin. Get it? One was so that our sins could be forgiven. The other was the representation of our sins are now gone. What God has done in that is amazing. And the same thing would happen here. And again, let's tie this all together because the same thing happened here with these two birds. They wouldn't use two goats. He'd take two birds and one of those birds would be brought in and that, that, that bird would be the sacrificial bird. That bird would be sacrificed. And the other bird was to be set free. Showing that the Shedding of blood, again, ultimately, church, foreshadowing the coming of Jesus Christ and his death in our place, the shedding of his blood in our place for our sins on the cross. That our sins would be forgiven. Our sins would be forgiven through the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ. Our sins were placed upon him, and he was the sacrificial lamb. But Jesus didn't stay dead. And the other bird was set free to show that our sins are taken away as far as the east is from the west. Jesus, he was the sacrificial goat. But Jesus also, he arose. And he became life. And he became the scapegoat for us. He provided more than just the forgiveness of sin. He provided a life for you and I to be freed from that sin. And so much more. Jesus takes away our sin. Yes, thank you, Lord. 
And this whole thing is, this is what this whole place in this leprosy thing is teaching us from the Old Testament into this circumstance where Jesus, his first real miraculous healing. And then what would happen is the, the this, a healed leper, he was required to now take a bath. He probably hadn't bathed in a long time. This was a representation of the ceremonial cleansing of this man. He now once was unclean, but now he's been made clean. And he was washed, and he was cleansed. Then, the Bible says, this guy who had, was unkept, the Bible, in fact, the Bible in Leviticus says he's not supposed to cut his hair, he's supposed to be unkept, and people are supposed to be able to recognize that he's a leper. And then after the bath and after the bathing, what would happen is they were to be, complete, they were to be shaved from head to toe. I mean, it says even his eyebrows were supposed to be shaved. Everything. And they would shave him, all of him. And then they would say this. They would say, you're like a baby. You've been born again. You've been given a brand new life. Over this guy. Just like when we become a Christian. This is, again, this whole thing is just ties it all together. And then what happened, and it's not even done at that point. Then what happened is that this guy, this leper, now he's been cleansed. He has been made whole. He has been born again. And now he's allowed to go into the camp. Now he's allowed to go back into fellowship, a fellowship that was broken because of his leprosy, a fellowship that, that no longer would be there because of this place of leprosy. He was now allowed back into the camp, and there was the requirement of a week-long party. Just like when the angels rejoice over one lost soul, one sinner that comes to repentance in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. There is a party in heaven. And this is all signifying what's going on here. And can you imagine what it was like for a leper? What, what, can you imagine this guy's just cast out of society? What if the guy was married when he contracted leprosy? And he's still cast out. He hasn't seen his wife in maybe years. He hasn't been able to touch her, hold her hand cuddle with her what if he had some small children he hadn't seen them grow up he hadn't seen them mature he hadn't seen them go through these precious stages of life because of leprosy he hadn't been invited to anyone's home he hadn't been invited anywhere He's not been hugged. Nobody touched him. He hasn't been invited to any of the worship celebrations. He hadn't been invited to any of these places to eat. He hadn't gone and had a meal with anybody. He was completely separated for years, possibly even decades, because somebody in that condition could, could have had this condition for you know, 20 years. But now he's back in the, in, 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 he's back in the camp, so to speak, and word starts to get around. You can imagine, word starts to get around. And he's home, he's back. Everybody's starting to come together. They want to find out what's going on. Can you imagine, do you think the guy was excited about telling people that he had been, he was a leper and now he's been healed? Do you think that he was excited about that? Do you think that that week-long party was there so that this guy all week long would just be telling people about the grace of God in his life, the grace of God that healed me, the grace of God that touched me? Look at what the grace of God did for me. Do you think the guy was excited about telling people? The Bible says, 
Oh God, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Are we as equally filled with joy over what he has done for us spiritually? This is the kind of joy that God wants restored in us. The kind of joy that this leper had during this week-long party as they celebrated, as they told stories about the grace of God, as he's catching up with everybody. What, what have you been doing? What's been going on with you? How's your family? What, it reminds me of somebody that's been in a coma for years. And they wake up and they've got all these people and places and things that they need to catch up on. And then at the end of, again, back to this guy, at the end of this week-long celebration, he was required to bathe again. And to be shaved again. And again, all of that was to show the full, the total, the complete healing, the cleansing and the forgiveness, the restoration of what this man was experiencing. And after he was bathed and shaved again, then the priests would take three lambs. He would take three lambs. Three, they were supposed to be perfect, spotless lambs. Three lambs to be sacrificed. Again, the foreshadowing of Jesus Christ. When Jesus' ministry began, remember John the baptizer saying, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. In 1 Peter chapter 1, Jesus is described as a lamb without spot or blemish. So these three lambs were taken. One was for the guilt offering, one was for the sin offering, one was for the burnt offering. I, again, I, I don't know exactly why or, or you know, you know, three, I, I think and I, I believe that the three lambs were brought for the offering because God knew that this leper in whatever condition that he hadn't been allowed to worship a service. He hadn't been allowed to ceremonially make the kinds of uh, sacrifices that needed to be made. And so he's been years and these lambs are to make up for the years of worship that he missed. All that time that was being caught up. Again, you can look that up and see why. But all of it is the foreshadowing of the death, the coming of Jesus Christ. And their uncleanliness, the uncleanness of this man was dealt with through the offering of an unblemished lamb. Ultimately, again, showing that Jesus Christ was coming into this world and that he was going to become our lamb, the lamb that was slain for you and I, that he would become the, the lamb of God, that he would take care of us. But then, the priest does something really interesting. I read that, I read through this, I went through it. And again, I want you to read through this and look at it yourself. And I want you to, you, this is where I want you to do some digging in. But he would take the blood from the guilt offering. Now I'm not gonna go into why the guilt offering was used. I want you to find that out. But he took the blood from the guilt offering and then he was called to take that blood and to put the blood on the man's ear on this completely shaved man, he put the blood on his ear. I want you to put, put the guilt offering blood on his thumb and put the blood offering on his big toe. Why? I believe that he's, he was doing that to show everyone that he'd been marked by the blood of the lamb. That everyone who looked at him saw that man's been marked by the blood of the lamb. 
We know he's been cleansed. We know he's been made pure. We know he has been made righteous because the blood of the lamb is upon him. But I also believe it's this place where, you know what? He, there was, he was saying and dedicating and committing himself to the world, saying, you know what? You belong to God. You belong to God now, so you should listen to him. You belong to God now, so you should serve him. You belong to God now, so you should obey him. You belong to God now, so you should walk in his ways. You should follow him. Church, that's what this all meant. He's been marked by the blood of the lamb, and therefore, listen to God. Therefore, serve God. Therefore, follow God. Church, this is what you and I are supposed to be. That's what life, that's what this was supposed to be, and that's what it is supposed to be for us. That's what life should consist of for you and I. Hearing and listening to God, serving and obeying God, following and walking in his ways. Jesus Christ shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sin and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness so that we can be forgiven. The, he, he calls us to be this born-again person. You can't be saved you must be born again and the born again person is marked by the blood of the lamb it should be something that we are sealed with the holy spirit and so when people look at us when people see us they should like the early church say oh there goes one of those christians how do you know because they hear god because they serve god because they follow god there should be something in our lives in our lifestyles where people would see that we truly are marked by the blood of the lamb sealed with the holy spirit so that man listens to god that man serves god that man obeys god that one follows him church that's what jesus he brought all this so that we would understand this and this is what the old testament this is what jesus was telling this leper you need to obey. And the, 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 because, again, for a moment here, let me just make it personal. Because there's this doctrine of expiation that is, means basically Jesus makes us clean. And to make this personal, it, it's so easy at times to read through this story. We've probably all of us read through this story and to say, oh, you know what? That's amazing. It's so cool what God did for this man. What he did for this guy, that's awesome. And we can rejoice and we can be glad in that. But we miss the fullness of what's happening here. Because oftentimes in Scripture, God uses physical healing to declare to us a spiritual truth. And that's what he's doing here. God is using this, his ability, his, his desire to bring healing, and he's using this for you and I in his sovereignty as a spiritual truth to be revealed to us. And we need to understand that so that we can receive that. Because in Isaiah chapter 1, in verses 4 through 6, God... This, this book that was written 700 years before Jesus, God, he's using leprosy as an analogy for sin. That's what he's talking about. He says, people, people. Are there any non-people here? No, he's talking to all of us. People. People are sinful. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Which means people are sinful. People are filthy. People are disgusting. People are reviled. People are diseased. People are nasty. Like lepers. And that condition... The leprosy, it runs deep. 
So does sin. It's not just on the surface. It's not just what we see or don't see. It's a condition that runs very deep. It runs to the very core of a person. It is an incurable condition. Like You can't cure leprosy. There's nothing you can do. There's no pill to be taken. There was no hope for somebody that had leprosy. It is a condition that makes the person unsensitive, insensitive to what's going on around them, insensitive to what's going on in them. They become numb to the pain and the agony that's around them, to the people that are around them. They become numb to the things that are going on in their own life and how it's affecting the people that are around them. They have no idea about the stench, the smell. It is something that it is completely desensitizes us to the things that are going on around us. It is a condition that will cause you to live separated from God outside the proverbial camp. It is a condition ultimately that leads to death. In church, God says, you and I, every single one of us, we are sinners. We are sinners by nature. We are sinners because we are born of the seed of man. You're a sinner by nature, but you're also a sinner by choice. You choose to sin. You choose the things that you do. You are a sinner, yes, it becomes natural for us but because we are sinners by nature, but we are also, church, sinners by choice. And because of sin, please listen to me, and because of sin, we're in the same position as this leper. Oh, I don't believe that. I'm not as nasty and disgusting as a leper. The reason we think that is because we live in one big giant leper colony. All we see are lepers. So it doesn't disgust us. It's all around us. We're not disgusted by leprosy as, well, we are disgusted by leprosy, but what we see is because of so many and everyone around us that's struggling in the same boat. We don't get as disgusted as God does with our sin. God came to earth as the man Jesus Christ. God in the flesh, Jesus the Christ, he came. And in seeing sin, he had the same repulsion. He has the same reaction as you and I would have to a person full of leprosy. And listen, you may not think so, but you would be repulsed if you saw somebody full of leprosy. If somebody came in or somebody was walking down the street full of leprosy, it would disgust you. You would want to get on the other side of the street. You would try to, as politely as you could, do whatever you could to get away from them because you don't know if they're contagious. You don't know if, if they're going to make you sick. You don't know if any of that's going to get on you. And they've got these oozing, pussing wounds and parts of their body are gone. And it's disgusting. Where's a nurse? Where's a doctor? Church, it's the same way so many of you when somebody's bound up in sin, bound up in bad behavior, bound up in a lifestyle that's tormented and chained to that sin. And what do you do? First thing you want to do, where's the pastor? He wants you to deal with it. But we're disgusted by somebody full of leprosy. In church, when Jesus looks at sin, it is just as disgusting to him as leprosy is to us. And what does he do? As disgusting as it is, he comes into this leper colony we call earth. And he comes into this leper colony because he knows that we have no hope of getting out. 
And he comes into this place and he reaches out and does what is religiously unacceptable. And he reaches out and he touches us. And he ministers healing to us and wholeness to us and salvation to us and restoration to us. He comes into this world, into this dark and decaying and disgusting world and he does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Comes and touches us and declares healing over us. That's what Jesus does. And let me also, let me say this, that there are some of you today that you walk into this place and to be honest, you, you maybe in your heart, or you should anyway, be calling out and crying out, unclean, unclean. Because you know, that's you. You know, because you know the sins you've committed. You know the things you've done. You know in private what nobody else knows in public. You know that you have done things that are nasty and filthy and vile and disgusting and untalkable, unspeakable, things that you've never told anybody. You know those things in your life that you have never shared and never will share. And because of that, you walk into this place crying out, or should be anyway, unclean! unclean and there are others of you that walk into this place today and church because of the things that have happened to you and some of you come in today and have had some nasty disgusting inappropriate vile grotesque things done to you you have been abused, raped, molested, cheated on. You've been lied to. You've been betrayed at the most intimate level. You have been taken advantage of. And because of that, it becomes part of our identity. And out of that, we cry out of that identity, unclean, unclean. Why? Because, you, because that's how I feel. I have been violated. I've been made disgusting because I feel dirty. I feel filthy. I feel grotesque. And out of that identity, all I can say is unclean. Unclean. And the truth is, Jesus Christ cleanses us. He cleanses you. Jesus Christ, in the same way he did for this leper, will come into your life and he will lay his hands on you, just like he did that leper. If you will call out to say, Jesus, Jesus, if it's your will, make me whole. Make me clean. And to feel the touch that only Jesus can bring. And to hear the words, I will, child, be clean. He comes into our life and he does this. That's what we hear when we come into that place of bowing before him. That's what this whole doctrine of expiation is. It's about atonement, and he atones for us. Jesus Christ makes us clean. Let me say this, church. In Christ, you are clean. In Christ, you are no longer the unclean. In Christ, you have been made clean. In Christ, he comes and purifies you. In Christ, you are not who you were. You are not the identity that has been forced upon you. You are who he says you are. In Christ, you are made clean. That's why in the Bible, the church gets to wear white. 
Because we are made clean by the blood of the Lamb, the spotless, perfect Lamb of God. And if today you will confess your sins, and if today you will repent of those sins, He will come into your life, He will forgive you of your sins, and He will restore you to new life. He will cleanse you, He will forgive you, He will make you whole, He will bring you into a new life. He will do for you what you never could do on your own. He will set you free from the chains of unrighteousness righteousness because that is what the Bible tells us so church I want you to hear this in Christ you are clean in Christ he has made you clean in Christ you are who he says you are and you need to hear this that you are not who you say you are you are who God says you are and God has a word over you today and that word is that you are my workmanship I have made you who you are and I have made you my workmanship you are the one version says a masterpiece you are not broken you are not unclean you have been made pure you have been brought together and in Christ he God sees you as his perfect vessel a masterpiece and God says I have a plan for you I have something that I've ordained for you as my masterpiece to go forth I have planned good works in advance for you to do and God has set you apart and he has cleansed you and he's made you whole you are clean in Christ and that means this that means that you are not in Christ you are not an alcoholic in Christ, you are not a drug addict. In Christ, you are not a prostitute. In Christ, you are not a whore. In Christ, you are not a fornicator. In Christ, you are not an adulterer. In Christ, you are not a liar. In Christ, you are not a victim any longer. Those are things that you have done. Those are things that have been done to you. But in Christ, church, please hear me. In Christ, you are are made clean he cleans you cleanses you and restores you church it's by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit listen you're cleansed and then God he marks you with the blood of the lamb he marks you by the blood of the lamb for what so that you can commission your ear your, your ear your thumb and your big toe to what to God that as a born again, as those who are cleansed and redeemed, as the masterpiece that God has made me to be, I, at this point, I will submit myself to you, God, and I give you my ear. I will listen to you. I will hear you. I will read your word. I will receive from you. And Lord, because of what you've done for me, I am marked by the blood, and I will, Lord God, serve you, and I will obey you, and I will put my hands to touch what you have called me to touch, and I will do what you've called me to do. And Lord God, because of your touch in my life uh, because of the blood of the lamb I will follow you wherever I go uh, wherever you go I will follow you Lord God I will submit myself to your ways not mine because I am no longer unclean I am no longer unclean I have been made clean by the blood of the lamb by the sacrifice of Jesus the Christ who came not just to forgive me of my sin but to be the scapegoat that would take my sins as far as the east is from the west so that I could walk in the newness of life that he provided for me. 
Jesus comes into your life not just to forgive you, but to transform your identity, to transform who you are. You are no longer who the world tells you you are. You are no longer what your circumstances tell you you are. You are no longer what it is that's gone on or been done to you. You are who God says you are, and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Nothing is impossible for you because of what Jesus Christ has done, and he's transformed your identity, and we need to receive that today. Jesus is touching this man in the same way that he reaches out and touches us. He takes this man, listen to what he did. He took this man's filth away. He took this man's pain away. And some of you need to receive this because he gave that man back his dignity. He gave that man a brand new identity so that he could go into the new life that God provided. Listen, you know, this man, he was born again. The old is gone. The new has come. You know, it was one thing for the leper to be healed. It was a whole other thing to be completely restored. Church, as a leper, just think. What would it have done? So yes, if God went into the, into the leper colony, into the leper where they were outside of the camp, and he healed the man. He healed him. But church, he didn't leave him there. He restored him to fellowship. He restored him to life. And this is the sad part, is that so many people in the church are satisfied with just experiencing the forgiveness that God can provide and continue to live in the wilderness when God has prepared a place for you. God has a home for you. When God wants to restore you and renew you in this place of life. He, he took all this man's pain away. He restores this man. And this is what Jesus gives. This is what Jesus is giving for you and me. He, Jesus, he restores, he heals, he forgives, he gives new life. Worship team, would you come on back up, please? If you're here today and um, you're not a Christian, which again, I hope and pray that there are, uh, that's a weird way to put it. I believe there are many that aren't Christians. The Bible tells us that. The Bible tells us, that in, in, you read Matthew chapter 7, there's many in church that aren't saved, that aren't born again. And if you're here today and you're not a Christian, you probably don't know these things that I'm talking about. You probably are not aware of that. You may have thought that all, oh, this whole Christian thing, I come to church because I know there's a God and this is what I'm supposed to do. I've just got to punch my time clock and endure church. This whole Christianity thing, you know what? It's all about guilt anyway. All they ever do is make me feel guilty. The, the reason that you, that you feel that way is because when you come into church and you're just punching your time clock and you hear us talking about sin, you hear us talking about guilt, you hear us talking about condemnation, you get all offended and you just shut down and you don't hear the rest of the story. Because church, no, this is not all about all the things you do wrong. 
Yes, we remind you of your sinfulness. Yes, we remind you of those things you do wrong. But if you will stay with me, we always and always will remind you of all the things. Listen, what we do wrong is what humanity has done wrong. But I will always remind you of what Jesus Christ has done right to a wrong humanity because he is right. It's what he has done for you and for me. That's the, the story. I want to remind you of the love of Jesus because only Jesus can forgive sin. Only Jesus can cleanse you from your sin, from your unrighteousness. And Jesus is the one who does that. He forgives sin, but he also restores us to newness of life so that you can be joy-filled in the new life that he has given. Notice I said joy-filled doesn't mean that we're just happy at every turn. But we can have joy in every circumstance because we know in the end, we win. It doesn't end with guilt, church. It ends with joy. Joy unspeakable. This man got a party for a week. Can you imagine the party? I once was dead. I once was filthy. I once was unclean. But now I have been made alive. I have been born again. Man. But church, that, can't, that comes from a right understanding of Jesus and the work of Christ. And that's amazing that Jesus would do this. That he would provide a brand new identity for you and I as a clean person. And that's you. If you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you're willing to accept what Jesus Christ has already done for you. He doesn't go to the cross over and over again. He, he went to the cross and said, it is finished. He has provided that work now for you and I. It's a gift that he's provided. And what we do is we reach out and we accept that gift. The question is, will we? Will you? Let's pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that by your spirit, you would draw men and women to yourself. Help us, Lord God, to see this truth in us. God, if there's any that are apart from you today, I pray that you, Holy Spirit, would begin to draw them to a life in Christ. To be cleansed and made whole, to be forgiven, and to see a new life that's set before us. For those who have backslidden and walked away, God, I pray that today you would bring them home. For those who are living in the wilderness, Lord, bring them home. Bring them home. Help us to be obedient to your word. Church, Jesus said this. He said to the man, let me just ask you to keep your heads bowed for just a moment. Jesus said to this man, go, show yourself to the priest. That's what he told him to do. And Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, he says, for whoever is ashamed of me and of my words. Of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. See, Jesus is calling you to respond to him. Church, there is no secret back door into heaven. There, there is no such thing as undercover Christians. 
God's called us to be marked by the blood of the Lamb. There's no back door. Jesus said, I am the door in John 10. I am the door. In John 14, Jesus said, there are not multiple ways. There's one way. And Jesus is the only way. He is the only truth. He is the only life. And church, he's not talking about eternal life. We all will have an eternal life. But where will we spend it? Where will you spend it? Are you willing today to, as Jesus said, the analogy here, to show yourself before the priest? If that's you today, I'm going to ask you to make a brave and courageous stand. If you need this today, if, you, if God's ministering to you today, I'm going to ask you, listen, we're not, going to take, we're not looking for the back door today. This calls for the, the courageous. And if that's you today, I want you just to stand up right where you are. To say, Lord God, here I am. I need you. I need this. I need you. Come on, this is for you. This is for you. This is between you and him. there's some others God's tugging on your heart God's tugging on your heart he wants you to respond to him because he knows the response he has for you thank you Lord well this everybody will you all pray with me right now say Lord Jesus I am a sinner and I need a savior I pray that you would forgive me Cleanse me, Lord. Make me whole. Take away my sin. And help me, Lord God, to walk in the life that you created for me. I give myself to you, Lord. And I thank you for bringing me home. Whether this is your first time, or whether this is your multiple times, or this is a God is just wanting you to come home to see yourself walking down that dusty road that God has his arms outstretched that he wants to cover you with his robe of righteousness he wants to cleanse you right now and I just want you to ask him right now say Lord God touch my ear touch my thumb touch my big toe with the blood of the lamb that I might hear you that I might serve you that I might walk after you. I say, here I am, Lord. Take me, make me, and mold me into what you have created me to be. Thank you, Lord. And fill me with your spirit. Come on, just ask him right now. Fill me with your spirit, Lord. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Mark me, seal me, and let me be renewed, Lord, with the power of the Holy Ghost. Fill me up and baptize me fresh and new right now. Come into my life in a powerful way. Go, Lord God, in me, deep down to the very depths, to the very core of where this disease is. And Lord, I pray that you begin that healing there. Help me today, Lord. Encourage me today, Lord. Let me find the clean, Lord, the place where I can get rid of this junk and say, Lord, here I am. Make me clean, experiencing you. have your way today, Lord. 
have your way today, Lord. Come on, let's all stand together. And let's sing this out. The angels rejoice, church. We should be too. We should rejoice in what it is that God is doing, what it is that God has done. We should rejoice. We should rejoice more than that. Let's honor him today with a song. Let's honor him with worship. Let's honor him. Bring it all to peace. The storm surrounding you. this you need some prayer today we would love to pray with you to pray for you to believe with you the altar is open come and bring it here as we sing this again this altar is open for you Jesus Jesus you make the darkness tremble Jesus Jesus you silence me Call these bones to live, call these lungs to sing once again. I will praise you. Call these bones to live, call these lungs to sing once again. I will praise Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, you 
us and I want to release that commissioning unto you church is not over church is about to begin so when you leave this place you go out there and you go be the blood bought church you go be those marked by the blood of the lamb you go be the church come on amen this community needs you and Jesus has called us to tell them about him. Let us not be silent. God bless you today, church. Go be the church. I love you. Find a life group so that you can get some times of prayer and to talk through some of these things. And go be a part of doing life together. God bless you. Let's sing this as we go. Come on. His name is Jesus, and we have something to celebrate. Your name. Shadows can't deny your name cannot be overcome. Your name is alive, forever lifted high. Your name cannot be overcome. darkness tremble Jesus, Jesus you silence fear Jesus, Jesus you make the darkness tremble Jesus, Jesus